0: This is a Triple M footy podcast with all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy. It's Tom Brown's news.
1: Good afternoon. There's a spring buzz in the air, a finals buzz. Melbourne and Collingwood have both trained this morning. i the latest... From their camp shortly, also the latest on Dustin Martin, Christian Petrarca's fitness, the TV rights deal, the Essendon coaching situation, and I'll just give you the latest as well on Tom Hawkins' contract situation, and uh, I guess the interesting discussion now surrounding Cordy's Mad Monday celebrations. Anyway, off the top today, there's now better clarity on Dustin Martin's future. He had his exit interview at Richmond this week. There'd been a lot of conjecture regarding his remaining two years on his deal, Um, It's my understanding that that exit interview with Richmond went well. He reaffirmed his commitment to the club for a further two years. I've been in contact with his manager, Ralph Carr, to seek comment in regards to Dusty's future today. And Ralph was like, well, there's not really much to comment on. I think um, Damien Harbig summed it up. You know, uh, Dusty is committed to Richmond, isn't leaving Richmond. They haven't spoken, according to Ralph, to other clubs. And they're certainly uh, in behind Dusty during the next two years at the Richmond Football Club. I have heard separately that Martin is away now, attending to his dad's very sad passing, some personal effects and dealings there that he's got to sort of work through. But he's had his exit interview, and it's my firm view now that Dustin Martin is committed, absolutely following his exit interview, to remaining at Richmond for the balance of his contract. And I spoke to his manager, at Ralph Carr, about that offline this morning, but confirmed as much.
0: The Saturday rub, Friday huddle, Sunday rub, midweek rub, Tom Brown's news, and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the listener app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Now, the Demons have trained this morning. I'll get to Collingwood shortly, and there's some news from Melbourne. The news was that Simon Goodwin declared Petrarca, that's Christian Petrarca, 100% fit, notwithstanding this calf corky and obviously his um, fibula fracture, hairline fracture of the fibula. So that was uh, Goodwin's response. Goodwin doesn't think Petrarca needs any medication, thinks Goodwin can fulfill his normal outstanding role for the club tomorrow night and uh, thinks he's 100% ready to go. Now, I guess in terms of whether that's right or not, they're great words from the coach. We'll find out tomorrow night. Let's hope that he's right. In regards to Melbourne's other situation and selection in particular, Tom McDonald, who was touted for selection, didn't train this morning so I think you can probably rule him out although we'll check obviously with the teams tonight. And in terms of the other injured guys, Melcham, Spargo, and also Fritch all train. We'll have those pictures tonight. Melbourne could have some changes though, because I think they had up to ten players, as source suggested during the week. It scans post their loss to Sydney. So we'll find out Melbourne side tonight um, Goodwin wouldn't absolutely guarantee Ben Brown his spot. Having said that, if, uh, if McDonald didn't train, you'd have to think Brown would be relatively safe. But again, we'll find out tonight. Now, in terms of Collingwood, an interesting situation. Darcy Moore sent a uh, scare through the Piers camp, got a knock on his knee, called for the trainer. But Craig McCray insists that Moore, probably their best defender alongside, obviously, Howe, is A-OK. Now, this is interesting. Mason Cox trained in the opposite colour jumper. So most of the senior guys, I think, trained in black jumpers, for example. Mason cha- trained in white or vice versa. The point was it was the opposite colour. Now, that presents a situation where you might find that Mason Cox and Adams are out. Adams, obviously, through his injury, his groin injury, are out. And Kruger and Bianco could come in. Again, subject to selection tonight. But there is a chance that Mason Cox could be dropped from the Collingwood side based on that. I think Mason played about 46% of game time last week and had comparable stats to Cameron. So it would be an interesting selection decision. Having said that, we'll get clarity on that from the Magpies when teams come out tonight at 6.15.
0: This is Tom Brown's news, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at First on Listener.
1: The TV deal, a record deal, incredible deal for Gil McLaughlin. It really safeguards the future of footy announced on Tuesday. Look, there's a lot of extra money in the AFL's coffers that will go to all sorts of areas. But just in terms of discussion points this week and picking up on some discussion points, I know there's a number of clubs that want to get the club distribution model right um, before we sort of work out what to do with the money. So just to explain, there's only a few financially independent clubs that include Hawthorne, Collingwood, West Coast, Richmond, Adelaide, the Bulldogs and Essendon. Um, a lot of other clubs, most other clubs, often run at losses and are heavily reliant on the AFL. So, an example there is Brisbane. Um, some clubs are worried that Brisbane, but for AFL guarantees, which are clearly just to emphasise in place AFL guarantees in place for the Lions, you know, the Lions to be bankrupt. That's just an example. St Kilda's debt isn't as bad, but isn't much better. I think it's around ten or twelve million dollars. And the point from a few clubs I speak to this week is: let's get the club finance model right before we work out how to divvy up the money. Um, Collingwood, Essendon, Hawthorne and West Coast, for example, get, I think, about $8.2 million or $8.5 million in the salary cap for the year. The salary cap costs $14 million, so they pay about $6 million of their own salary cap. They're even $2 million short of some other big clubs. So a lot of clubs want the AFL to fund the entire total player payments, which is about $14.8 odd million. dollars. That's the player wages, essentially, before we work out what to do with this additional money. So there's going to be some big discussion points surrounding all that. There's also a view from a couple of clubs that this new deal isn't a blank check just to write a blank check on Tasmania. That deal has to stack up on its own. And at the moment, those financials and that proposal hasn't gone out to the clubs as yet. So keep a close eye on that situation over the next couple of weeks. But there's a big, I wouldn't say it's argy-bargy, but there's a big debate now over, uh, the, I guess, the priority areas for that money. Just on Gil McLaughlin's future, he's still got a lot to do for the remainder of the year. And it's my understanding that the candidates for his job were informed by the recruiters as recently as last week that there wouldn't be a call on that or a formal one, certainly towards the sharp end or indeed the end of the year.
0: Bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else, this is Tom Brown's News.
1: The Bombers' coaching search has become interesting. The process has started. Ross Lyon yesterday on Triple M and Footy Classified explaining that he wasn't getting the vibe, wasn't uh, wasn't interested essentially in Essendon's approach, just wasn't vibing for him according to Ross. This is interesting because um, I think there's a degree of frustration at the Bombers that sort of phone calls become so public. I think the Bombers' viewers that Marnie, that's Josh Marnie, their footy boss, called Lyon and explained during the call that uh, aspects of the process he wouldn't have to do, given the fact that he's a senior candidate, and clearly they were interested in line. But uh, obviously that's all sort of played out publicly, which is not surprising, given the fact that, I guess, Ross has a role in the media. The interesting one for mine is where this leaves the Bombers. In, from an experienced perspective, there's limited options. Nathan Buckley's been clear he doesn't want to do it. Brad Scott, I believe, is just committed to his uh, very good job as the AFL football boss. Um, Leon Cameron is an interesting one, which I'll get to shortly. And of course, there's James Hurd, who's yet to reveal yet whether he'll formally take part in the Bombers process. I do believe that Essendon has potentially reached out to Hurd. But again, that requires further confirmation over coming days. On Leon Cameron, um, he is very close to signing with Sydney formally as the head of their academy for at least a year, given the fact that I think he's got one of his children doing VCE or a year or whatever the equivalent is in New South Wales to go, year 12. I do understand though overnight that Leon Cameron is behind the scenes interested in the Essendon job and there's certainly an alignment there. I think he's close to Daniel, Gene Syracusa and uh, he, he arguably might be very good for Essendon given they want an experienced candidate. And Leon's tough and he's a good leader. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out over coming weeks but I do believe that Leon, whilst close to signing the Sydney deal, is behind the scenes interested and I think the bombers have. You know, reach out to Leon as part of that process. So it'll be interesting to see if he takes the Sydney job or uh, becomes part of the Bombers process over coming weeks.
0: This is Tom Brown's news, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday, and Friday, here at First on Listener.
1: And just a couple of brief ones to finish off with Tom Hawkins close now to signing a new deal with Geelong. Obviously, it will be probably only a one or two year deal given his age around 34, but he's close to uh, agreeing to an extension with Geelong. I think they're very close now on all aspects of that deal. But again, Tom's got to review that and work through that in coming weeks. Zane Cordy, there's photos which you might have seen of Cordy. Uh, well, I guess he was Polax following Mad Monday. and Gardner helped him into a taxi. Matthew Lloyd on Footy Classified last night thinks that he should have been in control and described that as a horrible look. And I guess there'll be a bit of discussion there about behaviour on Mad Monday. It happens inside, but obviously you could see it via the pictures. And just finally, looping back to Richmond, Jacob Hopper, I understand, has now gone overseas for a break in terms of making up his mind on Geelong or Richmond. It sounds like Richmond's right in the race. In terms of unlocking that from a money perspective, I showed the other night how Richmond could afford Taranto and Hopper. In terms of the picks, I know the Giants want extra picks, but there is a view that two first-round picks, i.e. a first round this year and a future first, would be fair compensation for Taranto and Hopper. Hopper was injured for much, much of the year. I saw a Dim, dimmer, Damien Harvick, said uh, get Hopper home. I think he's from Leeton originally, which is sort of uh, near Griffiths in New South Wales, but he was, was obviously a border up near Ballarat. And I know the Cats uh, have been into him for some time as well. So it will be interesting to see what Jacob Hopper's decision is. Anyway, tomorrow we'll have more visibility on the teams. There's plenty of news going around. There's still obviously big trade news highlighted today by just that update concerning Dustin Martin, Triple M rocks football.
0: That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ream Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.